Believing Weakness Podcast. Kids are soft. You like discipline. But I've got news for you. You're not gonna have your mommy's run behind you anymore and wipe your little cushions. Oh no, it's time now to turn this mush into muscles. Hey everybody, welcome to part two of the Nootropic series. So in today's episode, I'm going to go a little two different ways here. I'm going to talk first about some more of the, I guess you would say, hardcore uh, synthetic nootropics. And then the other half of this, we'll start talking about some of the neuropeptides. And neuropeptides kind of bridge uh, the gap between nootropics and peptides. So first we're going to talk about some of these uh, more hardcore synthetic items. And the first one I'd like to talk about, it's people pronounce this a lot of different ways. Uh, I call it phenibute. Some people call it phenibut. There's different ways to pronounce it, but phenibute is a nootropic that was derived from the neurotransmitter uh, GABA. Okay, We talked about GABA in episode one. And what they did to create phenibute was they added what's called a phenyl group to GABA, and this resulted in phenibute. Um, now, this is an insanely effective uh, derivative of GABA that is able to enter your brain, and what it does is lowers levels of anxiety and stress. Now, the intent was to create a chemical that would help users remain calm without sedating them with drugs like Xanax does. Um, it's very potent if you dose it correctly, and it's extremely effective in reducing stress and anxiety, basically, and particularly social anxiety. Um, it's commonly used uh, in, well, it used to be commonly used in a lot of uh, sleep time supplements because uh, it's really good at helping you relax, and it has a pretty long half-life as well. Um, you know, I've used this in two or three different, like, sleep products that were uh, like powders, kind of like a pre-workout thing, but for nighttime where you would take a scoop of something, uh, put it in like uh, a bottle of water, shake it up, and drink it like an hour before you go to bed. And there's um, there was like one product I used called Dragon Dreams. There was another one from High Tech Pharmaceutical that was the best one, and I actually think they pulled that off the shelves about a year ago. Um, but it was a really, really good one. Um, I cannot remember the name of that, but... Uh, it was high-tech pharmaceuticals, and it was a, uh, a sleep powder-type supplement. And if you ever see any of that, man, get it because it's great. Now, I find this chemical extremely interesting, Phenibute, because um, it has a kind of a somewhat dark developmental history. Um, see, the Soviet Union actually developed Phenibute in the 1960s for their Russian cosmonaut program. And they allegedly did this because the Soviets were having so many fucking disastrous problems with their space program because apparently there were too many manned rockets exploding and shit coming back into the atmosphere and it was killing the cosmonauts. Uh, and a lot of them were just terrified and on the brink of mental breakdowns because they had a really high chance of being blown up at work. Um, now, basically, the Soviets had their chemists take GABA and alter it with that phenyl group that I mentioned in hopes of creating a drug that would calm their nerves so much that they really wouldn't care much about all those stressors. And this resulted in them creating the phenibute, obviously, 
which did provide the experience of feeling extremely relaxed while being fully functional without sedation. So, you know, they were giving them this stuff. They were relaxed. They weren't on edge. Um, they were in a positive mood, chatty, all those things, but they weren't inebriated or intoxicated. They were fully functional, no sedation. So it's been used as a pharmaceutical to treat PTSD, anxiety, depression, insomnia. Um, I've even read some studies where they helped uh, use it to combat alcoholism and other neurological disorders and things. Um, some people say that use this, it is like the best anti-anxiety medication they've ever used. A lot of people on Reddit will say it. Um, and there, I've seen a lot of people compare this to being better, uh, than benzos to treat anxiety. Uh, and it doesn't have a lot of those nasty side effects that come with prescription medications like benzodiazepines. Um, another great use for Fenibut is uh, for individuals that are seeking like help uh, just kind of existing in social functions. Um, this is because it, it really helps you feel uh, less inhibited where you can speak freely and feel more confident and you aren't just like frozen by social anxiety. I would compare Fenibut, um, the effects of it, to having a few stiff drinks without actually being intoxicated or feeling drunk. Rather, you're just really relaxed and in a good mood and ready to mingle. Now, is Phenibut addictive? This is, this is the big issue with this compound, this drug, whatever you want to call it. This chemical is considered safe when taking in normal recommended doses. However, it can be extremely addictive for people with addictive personality traits. Uh, Phenibut users often claim that withdrawals from this, once you get addicted, uh, you know, and continuous use is particularly nasty. Um, so Phenibut has to be used with intelligence and responsibility. Uh, this compound can be very, very habit-forming, and you should use it sparingly. So make sure you do your due diligence and read about the pros and cons before experimenting. There's plenty of really good Reddit threads about user experiences and how to use this. Um, responsibly without getting addicted to it. Uh, for most responsible people, Phenibut is a really safe drug that can improve the quality of life if you have things like social anxiety. Just do your research and be smart about the frequency of use. I mean, if you're going to try Phenibut, make sure you follow dosage recommendations uh, because you can build up tolerance really, really quickly. And if you have a addictive personality or like a history of addiction problems, you might want to just avoid it altogether um, because you can quickly build up a tolerance to Phenibut and d dosing less often is, you know, something preferred with this chemical. A lot of people advise using Phenibut just once or twice a week. Um, and in that scenario, I've seen very minimal side effects and like, you know, no hangovers and all that stuff. So as far as a dosage protocol, uh, Phenibut takes two to four hours before you begin to feel its effects. Um, so it's important not to increase the dose or take more if you aren't feeling the desired effects fast enough. You know, you get, need to give it time, two to four hours to, you know, do its thing. Um, so if you don't get the desired effects, what you need to do is just wait till the next day to take another dose in order to allow the Phenibut to clear out your body. Now, the, the recommended starting dose per day uh, a Phenibut 
is 20 milligrams to 30 milligrams for just a slight relaxation effect. However, um, a lot of like really experienced users say that like one gram to a gram and a half per dose uh, is like the sweet spot where you really get the effects of it. Um, you know, I've used this many times. Um, I think a gram and a half is pretty fucking excessive. I have gone up to a gram before, but really I, I think that's, you know, a little up there. <laughs> just, just remember it's going to take four to hours before it starts to kick in. Uh, and I really advise people wanting to utilize this. Um, don't use it more than a couple times a week. That way you don't have, you know, tolerance buildup and addiction issues. All right, so if you go to buy Phenobute or and try and source it, there's probably going to be two different kinds of this chemical that are going to be available to you on the market. Um, you can obtain it as a hydrochloride salt or a free amino acid. So both of these are pretty similar, uh, which the free amino acid would be the Phenobute FAA is what you'll see it as. It works a little bit more effectively and takes uh, effect a little bit faster. Um, and then you have the HCL version, which is the more common of them. Now, you know, one is more crystalline, one is more powdery. Um, I believe that the HCL version dissolves in water a little bit easy, more easily. The big difference here, guys, is the Phenobut FAA allegedly contains it's, it's a little bit more pure phenobute. Allegedly, uh, the FAA version, the free amino acid, contains 20% more actual phenobute by weight compared to the phenobute HCL version. Now, my personal opinion here, and also the FAA, uh, it's a little bit more expensive than the HCL because the HCL is gonna be the more common of them. Um, Again, my personal opinion here is if you're only going to use it a couple times a week, um, which I suggest, you're probably not going to notice much of a TAM difference. You know, I've used Phenobute uh, plenty before, and yeah, the FAA does take a fat effect a little bit faster, but it's it's honestly about the same in my opinion. Now, some of the really big Phenobute people on like Reddit swear by how much more effective the FAA is. I just can't tell that much of a difference, honestly. Um, I think the FAA is a little bit easier to swallow as far as like shitty taste goes. Um, and it does take effect a, a little bit faster, but as far as overall strength, I honestly feel they're about the same. Um, so again, that's fin of you guys. Just if you decide to use it, um, you know, be responsible about it. Do your own research here um, before you decide to use this. Because, I, like I said, I have used this before, um, and it was always in settings where you know I had some social functions to go to. Uh, was not drinking. Uh, you know, it was after I'd got sober from alcohol, and I did use Phenobut once at a party uh, that we had to go to, and another time that was a, a wedding that I actually had to participate in, and I was newly sober from alcohol, and Phenobut really helped in those uh, settings. It really did. You know, I wasn't, you know, if you have reliance on, like, alcohol, for example, for, you know, social function, um, you know, it's difficult participating in a social function where you're not able to drink, you know. I, honestly, in both those situations, I felt very awkward being newly sober from alcohol, and Phenobut helped massively. Um, it really did. 
So that's Phenibut. Now, moving on. We're going to talk about some of the modafinil analogs, which these are some of my most favorite nootropics uh, as far as synthetic things go. So the best one, in my opinion, um, is FL modafinil. Uh, it's also known as CRL40490. Now, there's another one that's pretty similar, which is um, FL adrafinil, which is, you know, adrafinil is an analog of modafinil, I believe. And so the FL adrafinil is the adrafinil version, which ends up turning into modafinil through. It's, it's a pretty complex process. Um, now, that FL adrafinil is CRL40491. We're mainly going to talk about FL modafinil, which is CRL40490. So I know that's a lot that I just went through with a lot of numbers and names and stuff. Just stick with me here. So CRL40490 or FL modafinil is a derivative of modafinil, which modafinil is a, a drug that was created to help with like narcolepsy. A lot of people uh, get prescribed modafinil uh, for uh, attention and focus and things like that. Um, now, CRL40490 is considered to have a much higher bioavailability than modafinil, and this is because of the added fluoro groups to it. Uh, so they added fluoro groups to the chemical structure, right? So you got modafinil, adrafinil, and FL modafinil, uh, and they are all part of the same family of compounds that were discovered in the late 1970s by uh, a Dr. Mikhail Juvet, I believe his name was. Um, now, this compound we're talking about was originally developed as a like a, a medication for ADHD and narcolepsy, and it did this by increasing the attention and reducing sleep cravings. So FL modafinil is similar to adrafinil and modafinil, but is just a lot more effective with fewer side effects. Um, Studies have described it as not being related to amphetamine-like compounds, you know, and not having, like, amphetamine-type effects. Scientists have described this as being about 20 times more effective than adrafinil and four times stronger than modafinil, but it lasts a lot longer and it's more effective. I think the studies show that, it, like, the effectiveness in plasma was... The blood plasma was like six or seven hours. Now, the best way, because I have used this many, many times, this is one of my favorite compounds. The best way that I can describe taking this compound is like, like this. So imagine that your brain normally is running on Windows 95, right? You take CRL40490 and it's like you're temporarily upgrading your brain to a Mac iOS operating system for you know four to seven hours straight. The flow of ideas, uh, productiv productivity, um, it just consistently emit from my brain when I take this compound. And that's almost like I'm aware of concept or concepts and ideas that I normally wouldn't really be aware of. And I'm just, you know, kind of piecing things together and connecting the dots and just kind of assembling things. But when I take it, I never feel methed out or have any typical feeling that I normally would on stimulants. You know, I don't feel cracked up. And 
I don't also, I also don't ever get like a dopamine or energy crash either. So, and that's, that's the thing with like amphetamines, you, you have that depleted dopamine feel, you know, after you take a bunch of amphetamines. I've tried many, many, many nootropics, everything that we've talked about so far. Um, but this is the most superior one that I've, I've experienced. Uh, it's literally kind of like rocket fuel for cognitive enhancement. Um, when you need mental focus, uh, you know, everything that I've tried kind of pales in comparison next to how effective and also how safe this is for how effective it is. It's, it's, it is a ideal compound for like high achieving individuals that need to accomplish serious goals that require intense focus. Like if you're a business person or an entrepreneur, man, this stuff is awesome. Now, due to the long half-life of this compound, the time of administration is extremely important. Um, this is certainly one of those things that needs to be taken first thing in the morning because um, taking it later in the day will cause insomnia. But it's not the kind of insomnia where you drank way too much caffeine. It's where you, you, know, you know you need to sleep and you're tossing and turning in bed all night but you can't sleep because your brain won't shut down because you just keep coming up with ideas. Um, and that, that's the thing is like, if you take it later in the day, you're not going to sleep because you're going to be like up all night thinking about like all these concepts and just like feeling like you need to get something done. You know, it's not insomnia because you're cracked out on caffeine. Um, so like I said, this is, uh, really good for high achieving individuals and entrepreneurs and business people and things like that. Um, whenever I take it, you know, definitely first thing in the morning with like coffee and stuff like that. Um, now there isn't a whole, whole lot of data, uh, on the inter internet in regards to dosage protocols. And I, I think a lot of that's because not a lot of people have had, uh, the ability to experiment with this, uh, in the research community to get anecdotal uh, information out there just because it's kind of an obscure compound, really. Um, I've experimented with this stuff for years in various amounts and found what I consider to be a sweet spot. So 25 milligrams of this stuff uh, seem to give me, seems to give me like a, a real noticeable mental boost. 100 milligrams of this stuff, way too much. And I was just like hyper-focused and it made it really difficult for me to sleep. So, you know, I come to the conclusion that a, a pretty good starting dose of this is going to be about 50 milligrams and 75 milligrams is probably about the most I feel comfortable with taking. Um, you know, 75 milligrams helps me in obtaining extremely impressive cognitive enhanced uh, results like whenever I'm working. Um, so with any new compound that you're taking, I always advocate that you start the lowest dose first just to see how you tolerate it. So if you get this stuff, you know, 25 milligrams, and then just the next day, uh, gradually increase that to, you know, see how you do with a larger dose. If you even need a larger dose. Um, I don't suggest taking this every single day, uh, because I noticed that if I took this, whenever I first started using this, you know, I, I took it every day for like, for a while. <laughs> after, 
after about a week, I noticed that it wasn't as strong as it used to be because you will gain a tolerance to this. So in my opinion, you do three or four days on and then do three or four days off, you know, do this in like three or four day cycles. Um, I suggest doing, taking this stuff when you know you're going to have a very demanding workload day that's going to be really taxing on, uh, on your brain. So like I said, that's CRL 40490. Now the other version of this, the FL Udrafinal, which is a lot more common nowadays, um, it's pretty similar. It's not as potent as this stuff. I don't think it lasts as long. Um, I personally noticed with the CRL 40490, the FL Modafinil, I feel like you get a little bit more of a positive mood going with this. Um, don't get me wrong, the Udrafinil version is effective. It's just not as effective as the FL Modafinil version and doesn't last quite as long. So it's good. The FL Adrafinal, if you can get it and you can't find the FL Modafinil, it's good. It's definitely worth using, uh, you know, for those high-achieving individuals. It's just like the FL Modafinil is just a step above, you know. So good, good, good nootropics for, you know, entrepreneurs, business folks, uh, even people that, you know, are going back to school or in college and just studying their asses off. This is a great compound for you. All right, now... We need to talk about the race team class nootropics, and this is where a lot of people get confused because if you're new to the world of nootropics, at some point you're going to get curious about all these damn different types of race teams because it seems like there's a shitload of them, and there is. There seems to be so many different ones that it just really gets overwhelming and confusing on what the most suitable options are and what the hell each one of these do. So we're going to break this stuff down to where it makes sense. So... In the first episode of this podcast series uh, on nootropics, I mentioned this, but Pyrastam was the first Racetam nootropic that was created back in 1964. And the scientist that created that had the intention of developing a basically a calming type drug for motion sickness, believe it or not. Um, now, Pyrastam didn't really result in the calming effects that they anticipated, but instead resulted in a really noticeable boosted cognition. Um, it was actually eventually sold in Europe as a drug called Nutripil um, back in the early 70s because it was so effective. Now, there's dozens of different racetam derivatives that have been developed and based on the original pyracetam and all um racetams share this i think it's called like a pyrolidone nucleus at their chemical structure core and have similarities like you know boosting acetylcholine and modulating glutamate in your brain but each race TAM has its own mechanism of action, which means they all have their own unique benefits. Now, all of them are synthetic, considered non-toxic, and considered safe when used, you know, with responsibility and following the right dosage recommendations. So each of the race TAMs affect acetylcholine in the brain, 
and they need to be taking, taken with a quality choline supplement like Alpha GPC or the CDP choline that I've talked about in the first episode. So if you take race to him, you need to have a choline supplement because it can reduce the, the acetylcholine levels in your brain. But if you take a racetam and a choline together, man, that is a great combination. Um, now, they just, to be honest with you, if you don't take it with a choline, you're wasting your money because they will not work. In my opinion, whenever I've taken these race stems without a choline product, they, they just don't work worth a shit. And, um, they kind of give you what's called a, a racetam headache because of the way that it reduces the choline levels in your brain. So to use these effectively, Take it with a choline product, and you will have an awesome experience. You won't have the race team headaches, and it'll be just fine. So we're going to talk about the what, in my opinion, are the five most popular race tams, um, which are going to be Pyracetam, Oxyracetam, Pramiracetam, Colaracetam. That's a good one. And then Fennel Pyracetam. Now, I'm going to give you a, a super brief overview of these five, and then we're going to go into depth on each one of them. So you got Pyracetam. It's a really excellent compound for like a really, really timid and novice nootropic user who, who wants something very, very safe to try. You know, this is like the baby step. Um, the problem with it is you need a shitload of it to work. Then uh, we got Oxyracetam. It is excellent for, for enhanced cognition, demanding workloads, and, and overall increased focus. It's a really, really good one. Um, then we step it up to the Pramiracetam. It's also excellent for, uh, enhanced cognition and mental focus and demanding workloads. In my opinion, it's a little bit stronger than the Oxyracetam. And I feel like the focus is a little bit more pronounced with this one. Now, my favorite of the Racetams here is the Racetam. This, in my opinion, is the coolest one because what it does is... It's mainly used for sensory enhancement, uh, and whenever I use this, I feel like sound, and I, this is no shit, sound is a little bit more enhanced, and then colors are more vivid. It's almost like you're experiencing like sound and vision, your senses, in like an HD uh, way, like everything's a little bit more high definition. Now, we got phenyl pyracetam. Now, in, of all the racetams that I've tried, this is definitely the most potent. Um, and I su don't suggest doing this as your very first nootropic. You know, once you get comfortable with nootropics and you figure out, you know, how much choline you need to take with your racetams, uh, this is one of the, like, third or fourth one you probably need to try. Because um, it's the most potent, in my opinion. Definitely best for the more experienced nootropic folks. Um, don't use this if you're a drug test athlete because it's it's actually on most uh, banned substances list because it's it's that effective. Like it's it's a really good cognitive enhancer for like increased focus. Um, you know, I feel like if you're going to be doing demanding studying and you've got a, like a lot of college stuff going on, man, this is one that like I've used before uh, whenever I've been like doing a whole lot of research and it was just really taxing and I used phenylpyracetam and man, it really, it was really effective at helping me for that. So let's go through each one of these. Pyracetam, 
considered basically the first nootropic ever developed. And uh, in my opinion, it's the most mild of the race tams. The way that this works is by moduling the AMPA and the NMDA receptors in the brain and increases the effectiveness of glutamate. It also increases cerebral blood, bleh, cerebral blood flow and improves the flow of acetylcholine, which is why it needs to be taken with choline supplements because it improves the way acetylcholine works in the brain. Now, the result is an overall safe nootropic that boosts focus, improves learning, enhances memory, and acts as a neuroprotectant. Now, many people new to nootropics start with this one because it's really safe and mild and has literally decades of clinical studies supporting its safety and use. Uh, however, you know, a lot of people are kind of disappointed after they try it because they don't know how to use it properly, and it, it actually takes two to three weeks of consistently using this before you're going to notice the benefits. It's kind of like one of those things that you kind of have to let it build up within your system. And dosing this is directly related to your own neurochemistry. So you're going to have an you're going to have to experiment to find the optimal dose because some people need less of this, others need a shitload. Um, I find that most people, you'd have to use quite a bit of it. Um, you, you can do this two different ways. Um, you could do like a loading phase or you could do a gradual buildup. Uh, for the novice that feels more comfortable doing the buildup, start the lower end of the range and then work your way up. Now, the more experienced nootropic users may start with like a three-day loading phase taking three grams of pyrase temp three times a day. And after the three-day loading phase, you take it down to the recommended dose of like a gram to a gram and a half taken two to three times per day. Yes, literally you, you had to take this stuff multiple times a day and in pretty good amounts. Uh, once you start noticing the benefits of Pyrace 10, uh, you should be in an overall better mood. You should have less social anxiety, heightened creativity, improved uh, verbal fluency, believe it or not, and eventually you're going to notice that your memory is a little bit stronger too. Um, Pyrase TAM is non-toxic, it's considered really well tolerated and really safe, but since it is a race TAM, again, it can cause headaches if you don't take it with a choline supplement, so get you some alpha-GPC or, you know, choline bitartrate. Now, let's talk about Prammy Race TAM. This is a GABA-like derivative of Pyrase TAM, which is 5 to 30 times more potent than Pyrase TAM, yes. Five to 30 times more potent than pyrase tam. Now, pramirase tam is a fat-soluble compound, and it's highly bioavailability, uh, but it needs to be taken with food or a good fat source. If you do it, it really works well. Now, this one is mainly used for improving memory and enhancing your thought process, um, Whenever I've experimented with this, I noticed that my math skills were just impeccable. Um, now, my overall experience with this is it really provides like an intense increase focus um, with like analytical type stuff, you know, mathematics, things like that. Really great for academic research. 
um, and the heavy workloads where you're going to be sitting in front of a computer or, you know, working on a paper or something like that. And you really just need to focus really hard on analytical type stuff. Now, the optimal dose for this is going to be about uh, 1.2 milligrams. So 1,200 milligram, or I'm sorry, 1.2 grams or 1,200 milligrams. And you're going to divide that into two or three doses throughout the day. So, um, you know, you could do like 600 in the morning and then 600 in the evening, you know, something like that. But you, you'll need to take between 250 milligrams and 400 milligrams in the morning. Then, you know, that early afternoon and later in the afternoon, you could do it like that too. Whenever I played with it, I was, I just divided it into two doses. The taking it three or four times a day was kind of a pain in the ass. Um, again, got to take it with a choline supplement. Um, now going to oxyracetam, I really like this one. It's, it's another, uh, water soluble, um, nootropic in the racetam class. Um, this was actually the third racetam nootropic developed in the 1970s. Um, it is considerably more potent than the original, uh, pyracetam. Um, it's chemically derived from pyracetam where the main difference is the addition of a hydroxyl group, okay? So similar to other racetam nootropics, uh, this has the same type of nucleus at the core. Uh, it's considered to be five times more potent than the uh, original racetam. And it, it enhances the, the choline in your brain, which makes more acetylcholine. Um, and it leads to improved short-term and long-term memory it, I find that it eliminates the shit out of brain fog, and it also increases the density of binding sites for neurotransmitters and AMPA receptors. Now, this basically results in kind of like a stimulant-type effect without having the negative effects associated with stimulants, you know, feeling all cracked out and shit. So, people who use this report that it helps clear the brain fog, which I attest to that. It absolutely does. It also improves memory, uh, focus, and motivation also. Um, it's really good whenever I, I, I've used this, which I've used this many times. I find that it's really good whenever you're trying to learn new material or you're, you're trying to get through like a really tedious task. Um, I say that because every time I take it, I notice that I have like a really sharpened, uh, recall, like memory recall, um, it, just to where I can get through more information and recall what I had already read as reference. It's really good if you're learning something new and you need to retain that information for later. Okay. So we got two more here. We got color racetam. This is my favorite of the race tams. It's fat-soluble nootropic and is way more potent than the original Racetam, Pyracetam. Uh, it's known for improving long-term memory and mood and, more importantly, enhancing sounds and colors. Now, this is one of the newer nootropics, um, and it was patented by a pharmaceutical company back in 2005 from Japan. Um, now, the patent, as of right now, is currently held by privately... Uh, like a privately held pharmaceutical company. I think it's called like Brain Cells Incorporated or something like that. And it's out in California. And they're currently conducting research for using this to treat depressive disorders and Alzheimer's. So 
Color Race Tam is a very strong choline targeting supplement. It boosts your brain's choline conversion to acetylcholine through a high affinity choline uptake process. And that's, that is a literal process, high affinity choline uptake. It, you'll see it, if you start, start studying and getting really into these nootropics, you'll see it as, as an acronym, H-A-C-U. Um, so it's a very important process. Now, Colorase Tam affects this process and helps it work way more effectively. Um, and it even helps with damaged neurons in this process. Now, some research and even personal experience uh, shows that it may affect the AMPA receptors, making it a potential ampokine, I think is how they pronounce it, uh, ampokine nootropic, which basically explains the stimulant-like uh, effect without actually having the side effects of stems, okay? Now, colorase tin, it, it does help with like attention span alertness and boost, you know, like long-term memory. Uh, however, as I've said before, many researchers, myself included, the, the big thing with this is the heightened audio and visual perception with extended use. And like I said, the best way I can explain it is you have a slight high definition effect with colors and sounds, and it is awesome. I, I love it. Just color and sound is way more vivid. Um, rep recommended dosage for this, okay, is going to be 20 to 80 milligrams per day. So your 20 milligrams should be taken in two 10 milligram doses, okay? Since colorase tam is a fat-soluble nootropic, you need to take it with a meal that has some sort of healthy fats or, or something. You at least need to take it with like an MCT oil or something. But I suggest, you know, using it by, with, you know, some sort of food that's got fat in it. Personally, I think the best thing you probably take this with is eating some eggs. Uh, that's, I've noticed whenever I eat this with eggs, it, it seems to be, uh, uh, it work a little bit better. But again... Colorase Tam works enhancing by works by enhancing like your, your choline uptake in your brain. So you gotta stack it with a choline supplement. I know you guys are probably getting tired of me saying this shit, but it's very important if you're gonna use these race tams, use choline with it. It's gotta be stacked together. All right. Lastly, we're going to talk about the phenyl pyrrhacetam. So this was actually created by the Soviets back in 1983. And what they did was they added a extra molecule from the phenyl group to Racetam. The intent was to, to basically create a drug that was going to boost the physical and mental performance of the Russian cosmonauts. As you probably can tell, those Russians, man, they were very, very serious about their space program and creating, you know, enhanced workforce. Um, and a lot of the nootropics that we have um, is because of the research that the Soviets were doing. Um, so the, the phenylpyrrhase stem, it's very, very potent, and it's you know, on paper estimated to be anywhere between 30 and 60 times more potent than pyrrhase stem. Uh, I've used this before. I think it's about 50 times more potent realistically. Um, now, because this is so effective in boosting athletic and cognitive performance, uh, it has really significant stimulatory effects, and the World Doping Agency, or WADA, 
has banned this shit from the Olympics and all other professional sports agencies, okay? So if you are a tested athlete or you're being drug tested for performance enhancers, do not use this because you will piss hot. Uh, a lot of neurohackers say this is like the strongest nootropic that they've ever experienced. It's highly bioavailable, highly bioavailable um, which means it crosses the blood-brain barrier really easily. And you experience the effects with this in about 30 minutes after taking it. And I, I, that's, at least that's about how long it took for it to set in for me. Um, it's got that really strong stimulant-like effect. It really helps improve the memory, your, your recall, learning capacity, um, a lot of mental energy. Uh, you get a little bit of additional motivation, um, but your concentration is just like really pronounced. Um, and it, it does actually help uh, boost physical performance. Don't know how it does that exactly. You know, it just has that stimulant-like effect. So dosing on this. Uh, dosing is 100 milligrams, and you can take it up to twice a day. Tolerance is very, very likely with this. So it's best to use it sparingly or to cycle it. I suggest cycling. If you're going to use this and you're just hell bent on using this as much as possible, you know, do a week on and a week off. You know, I suggest only using this a few times a week, kind of like the CRLs. Um, trying to only use this when you really, really need significant uh, cognition boost. And again, with all these race tams, don't forget your choline's. All right, now let's talk about neuropeptides. I really like these a lot. And basically, they bridge the gap between nootropics and peptides, which is why they're called neuropeptides. Basically, they're peptides that have some sort of cognitive effect, okay? Neuropeptides act as chemical messengers that are made up of these small chains of amino acids that are synthesized and released by neurons. Um... Once they're released, these neuropeptides can basically diffuse widely and they affect a broad range of targets, okay? There's over 100 known neuropeptides at the time of this recording, over 100 of them. And this represents the largest and most diverse class of signaling molecules in the entire nervous system. Um, so we're going to go over what I have found to be the most significant neuropeptides uh, that you can play with, you can do some research on them, and I feel like have the most actual benefits. So first, we're going to talk about DSIP. This is an acronym, and it's called Delta Sleep Inducing Peptide. So if you have sleep problems, man, this might be the one for you. So DSIP, or Delta Sleep Inducing Peptide, this is a neuropeptide that was discovered by the Swiss back in the 70s. Um, it's been found in various areas of the body, such as the hypothalamus and even the pituitary glands. Um, this is a really interesting compound because it mainly aids in helping treat like sleeping disorders. Uh, but it's still being studied now nearly 40 years after its initial discovery. And this is probably because the research keeps supporting way more benefits to other areas of medicine than what they ever really expected it whenever they first discovered it back in the 70s. Now, the most common use for this is a sleep aid, like I said. Um, 
because this neuropeptide allows for really deep sleep. Um, but this is not some over-the-counter shit like melatonin or some worthless herbal tea. Um, this thing's kind of on an, another level on the shelf here. So basically, DSIP creates a reaction that induces slow-wave sleep or deep sleep. Now, the science of this shit gets pretty complex. So to understand how this peptide works and what it actually does, we need to talk about the different stages of sleep. And I, I will tell you, some of you folks that are a little bit more educated than me or know more about sleep will know that there's some older terms that I'm going to be using here, like REM sleep. I, I don't think they even call it that anymore. But for the sake of this podcast, I'm just going to refer to it in these basic terms that I feel like most people can identify with. So... There's five different stages of sleep, and each one lasts between 5 and 15 minutes. Uh, so you get one, two, three, four, and then finally stage 5, which is what was traditionally known as REM sleep or rapid eye movement. Stage 1 is the beginning where you drift in and out of sleep, and you can be easily woken up. Then you get 2, which is where your brain waves become slower, your heart rate starts to drop, your body temperature decreases, and we start preparing for deeper sleep. Stage three, you get the extremely slow brain waves, which are called delta waves. They're released to put our bodies into deep sleep. And this is the same stage where people are so deeply asleep that they might actually sleepwalk or talk in their sleep, but don't even realize it or have any recollection, any recollection of you know the following morning of what the hell they were doing, whenever everything's messed up in their house and they were sleepwalking. Then you got stage four. Uh, deeper sleep continues and the brain produces a heavier output of the delta waves. If someone tries to wake you up in stage four, you're going to be disoriented, you're going to be belligerent and not know what the hell's going on. This is also the transition into what was traditionally known as the REM sleep, the final stage. Uh, this is the the final stage that induces rapid eye movement in your intense dreams. You know, this is where everybody wants to be to have a great night of sleep. So what happens is DSIP, this neuropeptide, basically allows us to more easily enter into stage three and then transition right into stage four to hit that REM sleep. Now, this is very important going from stage three to stage four because most people suffering from sleeping disorders really struggle with immersing in to those two phases. This is where their, their problem area is between three and four. The main benefits that you can expect is pronounced improvement in sleep quality, obviously, uh, but most folks that experiment with this report, that this compound also allows them to fall asleep really easily. Um, and I personally can attest to that. Like you, you take this like an hour before you go to sleep and it, it really does help. Because um, one of my main problems is is actually relaxing enough and getting my brain to wind down to where I actually can settle down to fall asleep. Um, but, you know, a lot of people also really tout on the quality of sleep that they get and also f feeling really refreshed whenever they wake up the next morning. Now, a lot of folks report having a massive improvement in memory function throughout the day. And this is probably because the third and fourth stages of sleep is where our brain begins to do the most repair work on itself. And, and this is really critical 
when the brain sifts through our experiences throughout the day and kind of cleans out the hard drive to decide what the hell it's going to keep and what the hell it's going to discard from our memories that day. Cause it can't, unless you got a photographic memory, it can't keep all that shit. So having the proper quality of sleep really allows for the proper healing and repair for our brain. And this peptide has really shown to allow those suffering from poor sleep, um, to really perform cognitive tasks the next day much, much better. Um, and also keep in mind that much of our growth hormone is released by the pituitary gland whenever we're sleeping. That's when most of those GH pulses come. So theoretically, one could theorize an increase in growth hormone output and healing due to these deeper sleep patterns because of the GH release, because you're sleeping more. Um, so I'm, I got a list right here and I'm going to go through some of the benefits that have been found in various studies, uh, of Delta sleep inducing peptides. So decreased cortisol levels, that's your stress hormone. Uh, it stimulates the release of luteinizing hormone, LH, uh, increases the release of GH growth hormone, uh, and also growth hormone releasing hormone, which is GHRH, um, it normalizes blood pressure. There's some mouse studies that suggested that it actually has some antioxidant effects. Um, there was a few studies on mice primarily that showed that it had some anti-carcinogenic properties because there were some reduced tumor sizes in some mice. I'm not prepared to say that this can cure cancer in humans or anything like that, but that was something that I saw in some of the studies. Um, people with major depressive disorders were shown to have significantly lower levels of DSIP in their body. So there could be a link there because um, that could suggest that DSIP could actually be effective in prevention of depression or something like that. Um, experiments suggest that DSIP could be helpful in treating alcoholism uh, and opioid, opioid dependency. Um, and then finally, uh, there is uh, research right now being carried out to use DSIP as a treatment for like sleeping disorders, particularly narcolepsy. Um, now, there haven't been any studies showing negative side effects from long-term use of this peptide. Um, I've never experienced any negatives with it myself when I was able to get legit DSIP that was good quality. Uh, one thing I would like to note is I would only advise taking this later in the day. Um, it's not going to make you feel lethargic in the day when you're taking it, but it's, you know, it's like if you're going to take this, because you, you can build it to tolerance to anything. If you're going to take it, take it before you're going to sleep so you're not wasting the shit. You know what I mean? Now, some people, and myself included, report a buildup of tolerance in just a few weeks of use. So um, when I first start, got a hold of this, because I've always had problems falling asleep, I have really bad problems with uh, waking up in the middle of the night and sleep eating, <laughs> which is like the worst thing for a person that's into fitness and stuff is waking up in the middle of the night and you know, raiding the refrigerator and eating a bunch of shit you normally wouldn't eat because you're belligerent and half asleep. I've even had some issues with sleep paralysis whenever I was younger. So sleep is, is a big deal. And, um, you know, you, you can build up a tolerance to this because when I first started taking this, I was really using a lot of it. I was like every single day. 
And after about three weeks, I noticed I, I gained a tolerance to it, and it just really wasn't nearly as effective anymore. Um, so what I have found, if you're going to use this, cycle this peptide two weeks on and then two weeks off. That's what has worked the best for me. Some people need more of this stuff than others, but um, I would suggest uh, to normalize your sleep patterns. Uh, you know, if you get the injectable kind that's reconstituted with the bacteriostatic water, take 100 micrograms of this about two hours before bed. Um, I'd say two hours is like definitely time enough. Typically, you know, I go, you know, an, like an hour because I'll lay in bed for a while and read before I ever fall asleep. So that's DSIP. If you got sleep problems, it's a great compound to help with that. All right, no pept. Yes, I consider no pept. Some people call it new pept. Um, I consider this a, a neuropeptide, not just a nootropic, but a neuropeptide. Now, this is mainly used for enhancing brain and mental function and focus. Um, it was created by a Russian neuroscientist with a background in molecular biology named Rita Ostrosky. You will see her name on almost every single one of the studies for this stuff. And it was patented back in 96 by a Russian pharmaceutical company. Now, it's really similar in action to the Racetam class nootropics, which is why we're talking about that shit in the same podcast episode. But I consider it a neuropeptide because the primary compound responsible for its efficacy is a peptide called uh, cycloproliglycine, which that's a really important one, but it's usually just abbreviated into an acronym, CPG, and we'll call it that you know, just for ease of conversation here. Now, what this does is it works by elevating concentrations of that CPG peptide in the brain, and it helps modulate and restore both glutamate and acetylcholine function, which protects your brain from damage. Now, this is important because when your brain cells are starved of oxygen, glutamate does not work efficiently with your neuroreceptors. And what happens is this can actually cause a toxic buildup of glutamate that can result in fucking neuron damage. But having said all that, that that's how it's neuroprotective. Having said all this, what this peptide actually, neuropeptide, sorry, can actually result in is mental enhancement characteristics like boosting cognition, enhanced memory, learning, recall, mood, and even relieved anxiety. And there's some studies to back that up. Now, here are some positive effects either found by published research or anecdotally by people experimenting with this. Increasing BDNF in the brain. Improved mental alertness. Pronounced improved memory recall. Anti-anxiety effects and antidepressant properties. <clears throat> now, the problem with NOPEPT is it has really piss poor oral bioavailability in humans. It's actually less than 10%. So that's why no pet is so damn cheap, like as a powder, because you have to eat a shitload of it to, for it to actually work. Now, as what you need to know about this and what I mentioned earlier um, in some other podcast about uh, nasal sprays for a lot of these things is back in 2020, there was an article by the Neurochemical Journal that was published that compared various administration routes of several different neuropeptides, which is C-Max and Selenc and Nopept, was what they compared in this study. And we'll talk about C-Max and Selenc later. And in this study, they compared those and different routes of administering them. And they showed 
that the nootropic efficacy was actually higher in intranasal administration. So compared to, you know, uh, IV administrations, oral and um, intranasal, they found out that by taking this stuff, you know, by snorting it up your nose, it was actually a better note, had more pronounced nootropic enhancing, cognitive enhancing properties. Now, this is likely because of an increased uptake through the nasal mucous membrane. You know, there's a, a lot of theories on why that is. Um, but like I said, if you're going to take this shit orally, you have to have large amounts of it. Orally ingested, it just metabolizes really quickly. So you got to take it multiple times throughout the day. If you take it orally, you're going to have to take a minimum of, of 10 milligrams. And that's probably not even going to do anything. A lot of people take 40 or 50 milligrams, space it out two or three times per day. Um, there's studies that show that the oral nopept is only one-tenth of the potency compared to injection. Now, my own anecdotal research has led me to believe that the intranasal, like snorting this stuff through a nasal spray version, kind of falls in between, you know, intravenous and oral administration. Um, it's, it's somewhere in between. So I find that, you know, snorting uh, 10 milligrams of this nasally of, of the Nopet is like extremely effective. And I'll be honest with you guys, I've never noticed, I've been taking this shit for years, every single day almost, through uh, the Amino Asylum uh, company. Uh, they've got like a really good line of nasal spray peptides. And I take a snort up each nose every single morning because uh, I'm an early morning person. I get up at like five o'clock, do my workout, and then start my day. I have a cup of coffee, I take some other nootropics, and then I do a couple snorts up each nostril of this Nopep. It works great two years after I've been using it. So I, I don't know that there's any problem with buildup of this stuff like where you gain a tolerance to it. Um, it still works just as good as it ever did. And like I said, I feel like it really helps with anxiety, and there's some studies showing that it has antidepressant, anti-anxiety results. So Nopep's a really good... Um, nootropic if you use the nasal spray version of it but i will tell you this every single no pet nasal spray that i've ever used has got a sting to it like it, it burns a little bit for just a few seconds whenever you snort it and i've looked into this and talked to a lot of the companies that i've done some work with and some other friends of mine that own some production companies and basically what the issue is there is you can't just have like a saline base for a lot of these uh, with the with nopept as a nasal spray. So what they have to do is use a, a thicker glycerin as the base. So what they do is they'll have like a PEG 400 or propylene glycol, have 60% propylene glycol, and then 40% um, like deionized water. Um, so they cut it, cut the propylene down a little bit with the water because apparently. Just having just a saline water base uh, nasal spray, the Nopep won't absorb into the water. It needs something thicker to bind it to. So that's that's the reason why it's got a bit of a sting to it is because of the, the glycerin that they have in, you know, these nasal spray chemicals for the Nopep. And my understanding is that's one of the few um, nasal spray peptides they actually have to use that, that sort of formula for. Usually they can just use a saline base 
um, or in the case of the um, hydrophobic peptides, just a, a, a non-saline base, but that's going on a whole nother territory. So we got two more compounds I want to go over, which are the C-Max and Selenic, the antidepressive uh, and the anti-anxiety compounds. Before we do that, I want to give a shout out to my sponsors. So uh, first off, we're going to talk about Chemio. Chemio is a really, really, really well-known uh, research chemical company that's been around forever. They have a shit ton of nootropics on their website. Um, they third-party test everything. They post those results on their website. They are a really excellent company for those of you that want to make sure that you're buying extremely good quality. Um, the link to Chemio is down in the show notes in the description of this podcast. And you can use the coupon code LEAVINGWEAKNESS10 and that will get you 10% off anything that you order from them. So if you're looking for some of these peptides that we've talked about in the past few episodes, they sell the raw powders of those in its purest form and you can get those there. I also want to give a shout out to Amino Solemn. I've been working with these guys for years. Great group of guys. They third-party test everything. They post those results on their websites. Every batch of product that they get, they post those results on their website and keep that updated just like Kimio does. Um, now, Amino Solemn has those, uh, a lot of these neuropeptides as nasal sprays. So if you want to use some of these neuropeptides and don't want to inject them, they have enhanced nasal spray peptides where they add different enhancers to make them more potent. Um, so like I said, Amino Solemn, they also have like PCT, uh, research oils, tons of SARMs, a lot of really great like injectable amino blends like your B12 and things like that. So um, Amino Asylum, I think it's amino-asylum.com. Um, LW20 is the 20% off coupon code for anything at Amino Asylum. And again, links are in the show notes for the description of this video. Helping support our sponsors, help support this show and the entire Leaving Weakness format because other than my book, I don't sell products. I tell you all information and I provide a coupon code by, with companies that I really believe in that I feel do a great job and I get a commission on that. So using that coupon code helps maintain this business. And again, hey, if you like any of the information that you've heard in the past few episodes or in any of the material I've ever put out, whether it be in podcasts, YouTube videos, or on the website, or even on my Instagram page, uh, we have the Enhancement Manifesto ebook available now, which is a massive book that I've spent years writing that documents all these different compounds, how to use them. It talks about PCT, SARMs, nootropics, what sort of blood work to get. I mean, pretty much anything you can think of. Um, I tried to make an all comprehensive guide that cut all the bullshit out. Um, all killer, no filler type mindset. And I wanted it to make it to where whenever you buy this book, I wanted you to feel like you ripped me off <laughs> because it was such a good deal for your money. Cause I can't tell you how many like biohacking books and stuff I've bought and just is like, Oh my God, there's like one, there's like 20 chapters in this thing and only one of them's worth a shit. You know, you could condense it down in like four pages. So I wanted to do the exact opposite of that. So link down to that uh, ebook is down in the show notes uh, in the description. And that is a self-published book 
all the profit for that goes directly to leavingweakness.com. So if that's something you're interested in, check that out. Back to the episode. All right, last two compounds here. We're going to talk about Solank. Some people call it Solank. And we're going to talk about CMAX. So Solank, to, to, to kind of summarize this, Solank is the anti-anxiety peptide. And then CMAX is the anti-depression uh, neuropeptide. So let's talk about Solank real quick. It's most commonly used to treat the anxiety, like I mentioned. And it was developed in the late 90s. Now, if you read some studies, you'll see that it's referred to as TP7. This is a synthetic analog of a naturally occurring substance that we have in our bodies called Tufsten. And what Tufsten does is it binds to different types of white blood cells to help create an immunostimulatory effect. And what happens is this effect actually helps our bodies fight off various pathogens and even kill like tumor cell growth. So CMAX possesses a whole lot of different cognitive enhancing properties like another peptide drug called CMAX that I mentioned a while ago. But uh, Solank binds to the GABA receptors but it doesn't cause the, the sedative effects of other GABA binding compounds uh, like taking gabapentin and things like that. So research has shown Solank to increase BNDF. Um, now this could explain the learning and memory enhancement that sometimes gets reported by a lot of people using this. And there's been several uh, clinical trials that have proven and demonstrated Solank's uh, efficacy at treating various anti-anxiety disorders. And there's been also some animal studies that have really produced some promising results in alleviating, in alleviating like depression and things like that. Um, this compound provides a sustained nootropic effect with really strong anti-anxiety like qualities and this is likely due to the compound stimulating the, the production of like feel-good chemicals in the brain, uh, like dopamine and serotonin. Uh, the most amazing study that I was able to find on this um, related to repairing brain damage. And there was a study done on mice that, in, that showed that their brains um, returned to normal levels after toxins were actually induced into their bodies and produce brain damage. Um, that study is, you, you can probably find it on Google, but it's definitely worth a look because basically they put a toxin in these rats that, in, that induced a certain level of brain damage. Then they gave them Solank and it repaired the brain cell damage. So if you're interested in Solank, uh, these are the cognitive benefits of it. Anti-anxiety properties might be able to treat depression based on the animal studies improved uh, mental clarity and memory, enhanced learning capacity, uh, mood improvement, and also may help repair brain damage. Now, I'd say most of those benefits, outside of like the improved brain damage, most of those, in, in my opinion, probably come from reducing anxiety because it's like if you have a really bad anxiety, your memory shit, your mental clarity shit, you have depression, um, it's hard to learn things and your mood sucks. You know, you're just really irritable and your temperament is just atrocious. But if you, if you alleviate anxiety, it's like all those things improve. Um, now th th this, this neuropeptide has got a really low rate of toxicity and most people claim that it's side effect free. 
Um, I did see a few really, really rare online claims anecdotally, mainly on Reddit, of temporary fatigue whenever people use it at excessively high doses. Um, you can get I actually, you can get this uh, neuropeptide as an injectable, or you can get it as a nasal spray. Uh, again, you know, Asylum has all these as nasal sprays, and it's in my opinion, it's just as effective. And there's some studies, like I mentioned, from that neurochemical journal that showed the uh, uh, effectiveness is pretty astounding. Taking it intranasally. All right, so let's talk about the last one today shows, which is going to be Cmax or Samok. Um, as the Russians call it. This was developed in the USSR, Soviet Union, back in the 80s, and they made this to treat the effects of brain damage and stroke. Um, it was actually, it's, it's actually listed, um, I don't know if it still is, but at one point it was listed as an essential drug by the Soviet government. Like it was on like this list of like 20 essential drugs that should be always available to the public, and this was on there. Um, now, it possesses really amazing abilities as a powerful and cognitive, cognitive enhancing substance, but uh, most people take this to ha for the anti-depression like effects. Um, it's a synthetic peptide uh, that is a naturally occurring substance called adrenocorticotropic hormone, some, something like that. And basically, this chemical that our body produces is secreted by the pituitary gland and it, and it stimulates the adrenal cortex, basically. Now, this is important because what the adrenal cortex does is it releases hormones that allow you to deal with physical and emotional stress. CMAX basically optimizes your adrenal output in a, and increases the release of dopamine and serotonin so you can react accordingly to stress. Now, this is why, likely, why so many people report that this peptide is just an overall amazing mood enhancer, and it promotes this overwhelming sense of positivity and just destroys depression. Um, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of like reports about it increasing cognitive ability as well and memory enhancement and all that, but mainly people use this as a mood enhancer. I've experimented with both CMAX and Solank, uh, plenty over the years. They both work really well together. Um, I primarily use these two together as a tool to help ease the discomfort of me achieving sobriety from alcohol years ago, and it was cru a crucial tool for me. Um, CMAX, in particular, greatly reduced like the feelings of stress that I had being newly sober. Um, and it, it really enabled my brain to function with a certain level of clarity instead of just constantly thinking about, oh, I can't have this alcohol, I can't have this alcohol. Like, I actually got to be in the moment. Um, there's even some studies that show that C-Max rep repaired brain cells from a stroke. Um, again, you know, C-Link showed the improvements of brain damage in rats, um, and this had a, a similar a study published on it. Um, it's also being considered as a, a potential agent for the treatment of ADHD. I'm not sure what pathways that they're saying that that works in, um, but they are looking at that. It's being studied to restore brain damage from cocaine abuse also, uh, which is really interesting because they're, they're looking at this because it, it doesn't downregulate 
the dopamine receptors like amphetamines, like Adderall and stuff, this down regulation actually causes a huge spike in dopamine levels, but then causes like a big ass dip afterwards. Instead, this peptide actually upregulates the receptor. So if you're thinking about using this, here's, here's the main benefits. Um, here's a note. It's shown to decrease negative physical and mental stress. That's the, probably the biggest thing here. Um, there were some studies that showed that it pre prevents increased liver enzymes due to stress. Uh, could alleviate depression. That's one of the other big ones. Improve restoration of nerve function in patients recovering from stroke. That's the um, repair of brain damage we talked about. Alleviates pain by preventing the breakdown of encephalins. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but been shown to be helpful in the treatment of ADHD and Rett syndrome. Improves memory, restores the brain's neurotransmitters possesses uh, uh, antioxidant-type uh, properties as well, impacts both immune and vascular system performance. Um, there really isn't much data available showing any negative effects from this either. Um, there's one study that mentioned like pro-oxidizing effects, use it like fucking insanely high levels. Um, but th this is odd because there's an abundance of information detailing like the anti oxidant abilities use at moderate doses so i don't know if this is like a diminishing returns type thing when you take too much of it i'm not really sure um the only thing i could find was there was a few people on some like internet forums that talked about uh temporary anxiety when they took way too much um like really like excessive doses I've never experienced anything like this personally over all my years of experimentation with this. Um, I feel like this is a really good one that for a nasal spray version, I feel like the nasal spray version is almost as effective as taking this uh, as an injection. And like I said, Amino Solemn has that. Uh, but there's probably some other companies you could find as well because CMAX and Solank are both pretty popular in the neurohacking community. So... Uh, that pretty much wraps it up for this uh, second part of the series. And in the next episode, we're going to just focus on the more botanical uh, type nootropics uh, like kava, kratom, a lot of the mushrooms, some valerian root, things like that. So again, guys, appreciate y'all listening. Um, show notes and description of this podcast has the links to our approved resources and references as well as that ebook I mentioned and I will see you guys in the next episode.